Episode 4, now with whiskey. Whiskey. It, it can cure a lot of things. Brought to you by beer. The cure for all your ills. Are you sad? Drink beer. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to... Sorry. God damn it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Go. Welcome to ExoSquad Gold, the ExoSquadcast podcast. We are here with Ryan Hardy, Chris Mastalone, and Chris Farentino. Yeah, yeah. I figured I'd try to change it up a little bit, and it totally, totally didn't work. But we'll roll with it. Yeah, the, uh, it's the here, same three guys to- from the last episode. <laughs> yeah, if, if you like the last one, it's going to be more of that. Same so dude. Get used to it. The uh, we're going to talk about season one, episode four, Blitzkrieg. And yeah, this is one of the, I, I this is one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. It's a pretty serious episode name for a children's yeah, show, especially when they start. Uh, you know, it gets some really heavy uh, World War II, not fun imagery coming up. So yeah, this you know this is an episode that when like I remember like five or ten lines from this show, and half of them appear to be from this episode. <laughs> Can you say uh, them? Do you, what um, are they? When uh when Napier's breaking out of um when Napier's breaking out of the uh the slave labor camp and uh the woman gives the cantina goes, I didn't know water could taste so good. And when uh <laughs> when uh when when Marsh is uh they're doing the trial and Marsh stands up and goes, Don't wanna be late for my own execution. Uh which is just <laughs> uh one of my favorite things in all of fiction is when someone is nonchalant about being executed. Uh, and, and, and JT Marsh fulfills that in spades. Yeah, he could not give less of a fuck. Yeah, he's like, let's hurry up with killing me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, man. So... A lot happens in this episode, right? Yeah, that, it, that, dude, so much happens in this one. It's kind of nuts. Like, you know, I'm like looking at my notes, and from the last episode, the notes were like, oh, you know, pirates, people walk. And my my first line here is all caps... They blow up the Sphinx in the Taj Mahal. <laughs> so, you know. Get those landmarks. <laughs> yeah. Gotta make a mark, man. One of my notes is that Nat Napier is now a sandy blonde. Um, he had dark hair, <laughs> I think, it was the first time we meet him, but now his <laughs> yeah, hair's lightened up. Um, so I'm glad he's taking care of himself. Yeah, no, he, you know, he had a spa day after he got kicked <laughs> off the force. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so the Neo-Sapiens that are attacking... Um, the Exo fleet is heading back to Earth to. They've stopped pursuing the pirates. They're heading back to Earth to attack Earth Two on NBC. The Neo Sapiens, but the whole fleet won't get there. Only the Exo carriers will get there, right? Not everyone's going to get there all at once. Some people are slower. Yeah they're, yeah, they're getting strung out. So Marsh, yeah. So Marsh goes to Captain Marcus and he says, "We can't. We shouldn't attack like this." And Marcus goes, "Oh, that's insubordination!" and uh, throws him in the brig. <laughs> L- L- Lieutenant Weston. Contact all fleet exocarriers. Order them to proceed toward Earth at full speed. Belay that, Maggie. What did you say? Don't tell me what I can do, mister. Captain, the other ships on our fleet won't be able to keep up with the carriers. You'll be going up against a superior force with only half the fleet. Security! Arrest this man! The charge is mutiny! Sweet sugar blossoms, that's a bad idea. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> Great Georgia peaches. We're only using the exo carriers. I'm executing you. 
Oh man, that shouldn't be that funny. So Winfield's still in a sick bay, sweating. Um, <laughs> yeah, a ton. Is this? <laughs> he's sweating a ton. Um, I'm sweating like a greased hog over here. <laughs> <laughs> like a stuck pig. Um, uh, so, all right. So, Broadstroke. So, Marsh is uh, put on trial for his insubordination, where the death penalty is the option. And all he said was, "Let's not maybe go attack right now." But Marcus says nothing better to do than to put Marsh on trial. Marcel is his lawyer, who I'm sure he passed the bar. I have no doubt about that. Oh yeah, space bar. The space bar. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Nailed it. Got it in one. Lieutenant, I have been assigned to defend you at your court-martial. You'll be a great counsel, but it really doesn't matter. When the exo-carriers tangle with the whole Neo-Sapien fleet, we'll all be blown to ashes. Not if we can stop Captain Marcus. Oh? So what have you got percolating in that fine Neo-Sapien mind? Napier gets picked up by the invading neo-sapiens and thrown into a work camp but he escapes using a one-armed e-frame and ends up in the tur- in the turtles in the tunnels in the sewers <laughs> with some other dudes i don't know he's doing a lot of day drinking so he might have ended up in some turtles <laughs> if you get what i'm saying for sure i mean broke into a zoo yeah <laughs> so it ends with so marsh has been uh, found guilty thanks to marsala's Lawyering. We are at war, and orders must be obeyed. Marsh is guilty. He's admitted it, and you've agreed. There can be only one verdict for mutiny in time of war. Death! This court's martial, considering all circumstances, finds Lieutenant Marsh is guilty as charged. The penalty is death. And is going to be put to death, where he says, I don't want to be late to my own execution. So... It's time already. Our rations. A really lousy last meal. Okay, let's go. Wouldn't want to be late to my own execution. The Space UN uh, concedes, and Phaeton dissolves the Space UN. Phaeton is also always in his E-frame. Like, he's yeah. he was wearing it all the time. And he, com- he commands the fleet, he commands the attack from his flagship, not from the battle ministry, which sounds like a really sweet place to hang out. I think it's Typhonus who's like, why don't you command from the battle ministry? And Phaeton's like, no, I have to be here. Governor Phaeton, would it not have been more logical for you to direct our attacks from our battle ministry headquarters on Mars? There we have all the facilities to... No, Typhonus. The birth of the Neo-Sapien Age is a thing of beauty. It would be unthinkable not to witness the most important event in history. The moment Neo-Sapiens sees their destiny. Yeah, also, just if you're Earth and you're worried about the Neo-Sapiens rising up, maybe once they build the battle ministry, <laughs> get a little worried. Yeah, that's the battle ministry, but we don't use it for anything. Ten- uh, tennis ministry. That's the tennis. It's where we play tennis. Uh, yeah. And and we see the formation of the resistance, uh, led by the unlikeliest of heroes, Sean Napier. I never thought water could taste so good. Thanks, uh, Miss, uh... Hanley. Eve Hanley. And Jinx Madison. Peter Tanaka. <sighs> My name's Napier. It's a, it's a white nationalist underground. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, okay, so we get our first African-American or black character in the show. We yeah. do. Like, the, the, the resistance is, it's, uh, it's Jinx, who is a black 
Chicagoan. We get, uh, <laughs> oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, there's a Japanese man and Eve. I forget the middle guy's name, but Eve, who I remember has the one, the best one-liner of the episode. When, uh, so they get attacked by a Neosapien E-frame and uh, he's like, I am going to crush the resistance. All resistance will be crushed. Eve, look out! Well, maybe the resistance will crush you. Yes. I'm like, that's that's some good uh, good one line in for just starting the resistance, you know? Like, usually that's a three or four bombings kind of thing. And and the resistance does, like, before they see Napier, they're definitely just trying to uh, to stay alive because they're living underground and they're trying to stay away from the Neo-Sapiens. But then Sean convinces them to fight back, and that's when they, um, they start, like, uh, ambushing the Neo-Sapiens and uh, attacking them. You don't think those Neos will follow you down here, do you? Ah, why should they worry about a few sewer rats? They'll just wait and pick us off when we run out of food and have to go topside. You sound like you've already given up. Man, there's nothing we can do. Wrong. We can fight back with our bare hands if we have to. Would you say the Resistance are like the Ninja Turtles? Uh, Yes, I would. I would say that exactly. Because there are four of them, and they live in the sewer. Yes. So and they, have, they have headbands, or at least Sean does. He has like camouflage headband stuff going on. So is Napier Raphael or like Michelangelo? I, I see him as a Raphael figure. Um, yeah, but he's but he's also the leader. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so does that mean like Jinx is a Splinter? I, I could see that. Yeah, because he's pretty wise. Yeah, he is really smart. He's very wise. Um, Can I point out a few uh, random things? Totally. This is the episode where. Um, Nara is working on a fusion pack and she throws it and Marsala comes to comfort her and she tells him that he doesn't know what it's like to have a family. And, oh, yeah. And he says, like, I have 600 family members. They're all Neo-Sapiens that I'll probably have to kill. So, you know, it's tough for all of us out here. <laughs> Lieutenant Burns, throwing fusion packs around can be most dangerous. I'm sorry, Marsala. I guess I'm just worried about my family on Venus. Your emotions are misguided. But quite understandable. How could you know? You don't have a family. I do not have a family in the human sense, but among Neo Sapiens, a bond unites all one's broodmates. So I have hundreds of brothers and sisters. Who knows what has become of them in this war? We may meet on opposite sides in the next battle. I'm sorry, Marcella. I, I wasn't thinking. I, I didn't know. There's no way you could. Yeah. This- <laughs> This episode also gets to that concept really quickly, which is he's Marsala. Marsala explains that he has like 600 brothers and sisters and that the next time that they meet, he's going to have to fight them because he swore an oath to the Exo fleet. And it gets to the racism of it, too, because Captain Marcus is immediately like, I don't want I don't want you representing JT Marsh. Like he gets he oh, he he orders him (laughs) off the bridge because he doesn't he thinks Marsala might be spying. And, uh, and Marsh backs him up, but then Marsala is like, let it go. Get off my bridge! And take that blasted Neo-Sapien with you! Captain, there's no... JT, no. The captain is under considerable strain. Now is not the time. And it's a cool look at, like, how Marsala deals with it. He's very professional. He kind of says, like, all right, now's not the time to have this battle. And he leaves, which is a very, um mature way of dealing with it yeah it's very diplomatic and like he's definitely taking the high road on that one because you know it's it's marcus he's like you know a raging id of like anger and racism all the time so he's the steve bannon of this show (laughs) 
Yeah, right? Jesus. Yeah. Oh, he also he also gives one of my favorite like science fiction show insults, which is when he calls JT Marsh a shave tail fighter jock. <laughs> what? You know? <laughs> Lieutenant Marsh! I don't need some shave tail fighter jockey lieutenant giving me lessons in strategy, mister. He's when he's when he's when he's when he's accusing him of treason, he goes, I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take orders from some shave tail fighter jock. Uh, and that's when he gets arrested and sentenced to death. Um, the, the other thing, the other thing that I think is cool that this starts to like harp on a lot is how not black and white it is. Like Sean Napier is not a really good guy in the beginning because he's really angry and like has like a real rage problem, but it's that anger that makes him perfectly suited to run the resistance. The other people aren't ready to do the the, the other people aren't uh, like willing to to fight. They don't have like the the rage, and he does. So he winds up, you know, starting the uh, the resistance. One of my favorite things in this whole series is when they have uh, Napier's working in basically a concentration camp, right? An old guy drops a piece of machinery, and they drag him off to kill him. And then he sees that, and he jumps into this E-frame, and he uses it to escape, you know, which it raises two questions. One, why didn't he do that before? But two, shouldn't they have taken the power out of it? Such, like, an iconic scene for me, just because it's, it's the show stepping up the stakes. They, like, literally say, it's they don't say final solution, but it's like, we will have the ultimate solution for... Like the human dilemma. The or human like problem, that. yeah. Yeah. So, you are the brave Terrans. You are masters of the homeworlds, but no more. Like the dinosaurs, your time has passed. But our benevolent leader, Phaeton, will give you an opportunity to serve the new Neo Sapien order through hard work. Refuse this work, and we have a permanent solution to the human problem. That's that's your show right here. It's like straddling, you know, look at this cool toy you could buy, but also vaguely hinting that there's like a holocaust going on, which is like insane. Well, the episode ends with our, our main character having been ordered to death, which is a pretty, by men wearing, um, I don't know, some sort of face, face shields. <laughs> yeah, like welding shields. Which is like they know he's going to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know you in your green underwear. Like, I don't know what his under under armor is. It just has a green one piece. So, so does he have abs? Are they, or are they built into his, like, suit? I, think, I don't know. I think they're, like, built in. It's like a, yeah, it's like a green leotard that he wears, which is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, I get caught up in the in the haircuts and, like, Marcella has, like, eyeliner in his close-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> There's, there's also, we also get our first introduction to the Neosapien generals, who are all just like the biggest kiss asses, and are like, all in turn being like, I'm having the best attack, I'm leading the best <laughs> assault, anytime Faison is like, don't get too comfortable, Typhonus. My attack on Venus was launched with complete surprise. The Venusian defenses cannot stand against me. Yes, my plans are working perfectly. See that you continue to follow them, General Draconis. Yes, of, of course, Governor Phaeton, as you command. Yeah, Phaeton's very much like, stick to my plan. Don't yeah. do your own yeah, thing. Yeah, he corrects that guy. It's like, my plan to take Venus is going great. He's like, my plan is going perfectly. <laughs> um, one thing I think is interesting about Phaeton is that he keeps like speaking about talking about justice and talking about freedom and how they'll finally be equal but he's not really doing that you know he's not going for equality he's going for oppression suppression 
you know, dominance. Yeah, he, he calls, I, I thought it was, I, I wrote down, I thought it was really interesting. He calls the Neo-Sapiens the stepchildren of humanity. He is his humanity's stepchildren. And then he explains, I forget who he tells him, he says, think of what the, think of what the rule of Neo-Sapiens means. Justice at last, logic at last, order at last. And it's this, it has this very like fascist double talk kind of sense of like, Everything will be everything will be the way it's supposed to be, and everything will be ordered. He has an almost like Galactic Empire fascist vibe of like this terror about things being disorderly and out of order, and he wants to like restore order. Well, it's, there's an interesting converse, conversation to be had about fascism and how excuses, I guess, like you, how you you become fascist and you say, oh, it's for your protection, it's for your safety, it's for your you know, it's for logic, it's for order, whatever it is, it's all leading to one place, which is fascism and kind of ruled by one person and diktat. You know, it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's it's not like, he's not really trying to liberate anybody or make anybody free or equal. He's trying to take over, but he's, you know, couching it in all in this language, which is, I think, very, yeah. you know, very important theme in the show. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Like, it's very clear that he doesn't actually care about those things. Right. But he, he couches it in, like, language that is traditionally thought of as, like, pop. He uses positive words to describe what we, what we can obviously see is, like, a terrible thing. Yeah, he's saying, like, you oppressed people will now be equal and free, which sounds good, right? That's, like, a really positive idea is, equal, you know, equality, justice, things like that. But then, then we see him slaughtering people and taking over, and that's not... His actions and his words do, don't line up, which is a very... I don't know, again, for a cartoon show. I know we, we... I feel like I should stop saying for a cartoon show because it doesn't maybe apply, but, you know. You know, it's it's interesting because you look at the episode where we had the, uh, the racist uh, people in the crowd yelling at him, and it's like, you gotta think that there's a mid-ground between that and genocide right. you know yeah, and it, and but phaeton's just lived this life that he's like been so radicalized that he's like nope it's either all or nothing and he's maybe one of the few characters in the show that feels that way about things you know everyone else is all into the nuance and all into figuring everything out and he's just like nope it's a or b and that's it but he's very yeah. i mean it's sort of cleverly done in a way that he he's very charismatic and convincing at the same time mm, you know right. what he's doing is very different from what he's saying. Like, he takes the step to, like you said, dissolve the space UN. He didn't need to do that, but he wants it on record being like, oh, this is happening. We're actually having some degree of order to this, just for the sake of it. I was, uh, I've been rewatching uh, Tales from the Crypt, and I was reading this thing about horror and revenge fantasies. And one of the things that I was talking about was that the idea of like punishment fitting the crime. And one of the things that's interesting about Phaeton is like, we definitely get the sense that Phaeton's response is out of whack with what happened. But also like they were created and then enslaved and then punished for fighting for equality. So he takes a very cruel response. But it doesn't necessarily feel out of whack with what he's seen and endured. No, not at all. I think, I mean, that's what's, I think, makes the show so compelling is that it's not, I don't know, like, you, you know, you watch a lot of cartoons and you know, like, oh, the Joker's the bad guy or he's evil. Yes, there's some way how he, maybe the Joker's not a good response. Because I think if you go to the Batman literature, there probably is some explanation of how he got to be that way. But, you know, when you're watching Saturday morning cartoon shows, you have the good guys and the bad guys. And this one, you're like, oh, these are the bad guys, but I totally understand why they're the bad guys. Like, I'm not, you know, it's not 100% just a bad guy thing, right? No, definitely. And like, 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 I remember, again, I say it a lot, but I remember being a kid and watching this and just being like, I get it. You know, I get why it's wrong, but I get where that impulse comes from that they want to do this you know yeah right. he's not right but he's not 
Yeah, the way the way Phaeton is specifically portrayed as like overly as aggressively evil, I think to make it easier to handle um like the Neo Sapien thing. You know who we never see in the show is the people who decided to make Neo Sapiens and enslave them. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. So you know we have it from the point of view of like basically mid level, low level army men. And the you know, and the head of the Neo Sapiens. We never really see the you know, they're different statuses. We never really see the head of the humans who had this idea. So therefore, like we know that like, well, JT and Nara and Bronsky, they didn't make Neo Sapiens, they didn't enslave them, but yet they have to fight a war against them. And I think I said in a previous episode, it says a lot about the society where it's a society that can build like exoskeletons that can survive battle in space, yet they're at one point in their history they're solution for colonizing a new world was to build, genetically engineer a race just to be slaves this is this does not strike me as a society that is in the right place you know but it's yeah it's i mean it's interesting to me like i think there's not you know go too crazy with it but i like white people today i feel like have have a thing with like well i didn't enslave anybody so why should i have to deal with you know so slavery is over right but um if you look at the impact of slavery in america it's that echoes through the generations, you know, it still exists in a lot yeah. of ways. But there's a lot of people who think like, well, I didn't do that, so it's not my fault, so why should I have to bear the legacy of it? Yeah, I, I think I think that's one of the things that I, one of the reasons I think uh, if I had to pick, like, Sean Napier is my favorite character, because he really does, I think, have one of the more interesting journeys of being someone who really has a very wrong opinion about Neo-Sapiens, and in fighting against them, kind of realizes the nuances of it and kind of sees how complicated the whole like when he's a when he's a law enforcement officer he thinks he sees things as very simplistic but once he becomes a leader of the resistance and has to take on more responsibility he gets the nuances of like what happened and why yeah i think i mean i think at the end of it everyone realizes that whatever the problems are you know a massive war maybe not the answer we're looking for yeah <laughs> that's, um how, that's however as a counterpoint to that i do want to point out um this is also the first time we get a look at the Neo-Sapien E-frames, really, and the Neo-Sapien ships, oh, yeah. uh, and they are so much cooler than the, the Exofleet ones. Like, there's oh, that yeah. thing with the claw. Um, yeah, General Shiva. Oh, that freaking, thing rules. Uh, it has dude, I have seats. his little figure on my desk. Oh, it's hell like, that yeah. Was my fa- I had that as a kid. That was the best toy. Dude, that had a freaking claw and a missile launcher. Dude. The Exo Squad toys kicked so much ass. Like, yeah, dude. Oh, they were so good. I had a, I lost all, I lost most of mine. But someone was selling a JT Marsh for like three hundred dollars on Amazon. What? I had a JT Marsh, dude. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> I did too. I think I had, I think I had all of them at one. I, I didn't have like the big ones, but I had like yeah. all the little ones. I had Marsh and Phaeton. Nice. I had a uh, Shiva. Uh, I had a Phaeton because I with that thing forever my brother he, he had a uh he had the marsh and a Delion, i think i i, had I feel a like da- there's something else i had a Delion and i had a i had an exoterior resolute and that Whoa. thing ruled Whoa. dude it was, <laughs> it was awesome you could open up the front and uh like put e-frames in it oh it was so dope dude what? okay first of all we've known each other how long like 12 years or something like that how how is this the first time we've heard about this i feel like i bring i i'm i'm sorry guys that's my bad um yeah it was <laughs> rad it was awesome 
Um, well, wait, what was the moment when you said, I don't need this anymore? I, I, I don't, I honestly, <laughs> I think it should we, never have come. I think, <laughs> I think we moved, I think we moved and like my mom threw it out. I think cause like when I was like 25, uh, <laughs> cause if, if, if I had my way, I would still have the thing. Cause that thing, that was like a top five toy. Like that thing was so awesome. If you brought that thing to college with us, what would be the odds that we'd figure out a way to drink out of it? I would say, <laughs> I would say anywhere between a hundred to two hundred percent. Yeah, like a, like a Stanley Cup of like Exo Squad. <laughs> I was that's what I was waiting for. Oh shit! Yeah, Amazon. Uh, no, I don't want the battle playset. Uh, Are you looking for it online right now? Oh uh, yeah, I'm on Amazon right now. Uh, so it's thirty dollars for the playset, which is garbage. That's not what I want. Oh, there's a there's a YouTube video. Wait, come on, please. So, who are your MVPs for this episode? Oh, sorry. Uh, you can, if anyone wants to, if anyone wants to buy uh, Exo Squad Cast the podcast, uh, the Exo K Resolute, it's uh, eighty dollars and eight fifteen shipping. Uh, and there are three left, so uh, act now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we need to set up an Amazon wish list just for that. Yeah, just stuff you can buy us. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll shout out your name or whatever. Uh, and, uh, oh yeah, so MVPs, um, I am going to, I'm going to say, um, the security guard who, uh, when the old guy is falling down is like, get up human. Because I always thought that was a, um, a, uh, 10 commandments reference when, uh, when Heston sees the old guy, uh, fall down and then runs away. I always thought that was, uh, a, a, uh, an implied, uh, 10 commandments reference. Damn. That, that's a... That's a clutch reference right there. The uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say my MVP is Marsala, just because in this episode we get a lot of re- really good character stuff with him, and uh, from him kind of turning Nara, being like, "Oh, you don't get it," around to you know being like, "Um, actually, I got a huge family." To <laughs> to his like kind of okay like you know defense where you're like things are going that sounds pretty okay, and they're like, "Nope, death." Okay, that didn't go well. And then when he sees JAT the day of his ex- execution, and he, he, I think he said the line, like, I don't want to be late to my execution. JT's like, oh, it was a joke. And he just says, was it amusing? Well, don't tell me Marcus had you arrested, too. Lieutenant, why would I tell you of something which has not occurred? It was a joke, Marcella. Was it amusing? <laughs> and I, just, I just love that moment from him. So, yeah, he's my MVP. You don't know what it's like to be a Neo-Sapien. <laughs> My MVP is the, um, they get Maggie Weston working on the communications and she calls up a transmission from Earth and there's a bald guy who's like shouting out an SOS. So that's my MVP is that guy you see on the computer screen. With Brock. a vaguely Indian accent. Yeah. I don't know. He's the bar. He was the bartender. Um, yeah. He's, he, but he is, you know, broadcasting help message despite long odds. So I give it to him. Can I just say really quickly, um, while you were talking about that, I looked up the uh, the link that Ryan was talking about, <laughs> and this thing has four authentic voice, weapon, and engine sound effects. Um, what do you I mean really authentic? One of them, I, well, I hope one of them is Marcus, because that would be so awesome. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I do declare, <laughs> this is the best toy in the galaxy. <laughs> Collect them all, good gravy. <laughs> Oh man, this is our life now. Do not collect E-frames. They are terrible. <laughs> collect only XOK. 
Collect only Excel carriers. Uh, read books. Exo <laughs> <laughs> Squad will be back in a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Chris. Uh, just wanted to say thanks again for listening. Episode four. Can't believe we made it this far, baby. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to some of the listeners that have been using the at Exo Squad goals hashtag. Special shout out to Gleeok and at and Wong, the Hunan Beef Box and Nick Wong using the hashtag. Good at you guys. Doing it the right way. Rate. Review, subscribe, spread the word, man. Like, this is fun, and we want to keep doing it forever. I'll keep it short, but uh, we'll be back next week with an episode five every Saturday. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, you name it, we're there. Keep using the Exosquad Goals hashtag, and yeah, man, keep it sleazy like Bronski, or hard like a throwback tourist Thursday, right? Eh? That's a thing now. Okay, that's all I got. Back to the show. Now, back to Exosquad. All right. Well, the war has started between humans and Neo Sapiens, and hopefully the humans won't do anything really dumb. Yeah, I mean, what could what could possibly go wrong? Captain Marcus is in charge of the fleet. They're leaving half of the fleet behind. Yeah, they're leaving half the fleet behind, and the Neo Sapien fleet is like gigantic. So, what could possibly go wrong, right? Yeah, I don't know. I look forward to next episode, though. The next episode is uh, episode five. Resist. You know, so that's going to be a really good one, and. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Eric Calderon for the intro and outro music for our podcast. Please, everyone, subscribe, download, tell your friends. Yep, new episodes every Saturday. Spread the word. We don't spend any on advertising, so word of mouth is all we have. So give us a retweet with hashtag exosquad goals so we can see yes. it and maybe give you a shout out on the podcast. Yeah, get your mom to buy you the toys. Yeah, or us, because that... Again, 16 inches long. Plasma Torpedoes. All right, Chris, this is not that kind of podcast. (laughs) 16 inches long. Make checks payable to Exosquad Goals Toy Fund. uh, P.O. Box 69420 Avenue, 666. We come out with a new episode every Saturday, so like, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Okay, guys, and uh, well, for Exosquad Goals, I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Harnady. And I'm a Russian nesting doll. Chris Farentino. <laughs> Any heroes in this company? Because we forgot to do that last time. No, no sir. sir. Close enough. We're, we're getting closer. <laughs> I said I would fix it in post. I never will. It's 16 inches. <laughs> it's a plasma torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> the finest exo carrier this side of the Mason Dixon, I do declare. Packing the firepower, I rock it in my pocket. <laughs> I don't know why that was hilarious, but I totally was. <laughs>